0: Good morning. At the close of another turbulent week of politics in our nation and the opening of another week before us, we continue to pray for our country and our leaders and for our church community to be a community of God's children who can see one another apart from our political differences. It is often easy these days to feel powerless powerless to change the negativity that we see portrayed on the news and in the halls of government. And so this morning, we will focus on a story that reminds us of the power that each one of us has, power to receive the gifts that God has given us, power to have others show us how to use those gifts, and power to do what we can to make a positive difference in the life of someone else. It may not be obvious at first, but this story I'm about to read you, this story about Elijah and Elisha, it is about mentoring. More to the point, this is a story about what it is like to lose a mentor, to have a mentor disappear from your life and to learn to go on without them. As you hear this scripture today, which many of you might have heard before, and as the sermon begins, you might want to keep that idea of focus in front of you, and you may want to remember and give thanks for someone who has been a mentor to you, someone who has helped, guided, and encouraged you along the way in life. The scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the second book of Kings in the second chapter, beginning at the first verse. Hear the word of God. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. And then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked me a hard thing, yet as you, if you see me, As I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen, But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water... The water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I've been richly blessed in my own life to have had a number of mentors, and I know what it's like to have a mentor taken away. I'll tell you about a couple of them. Bill Plaker was a college professor of mine. He taught the first religion course in college I ever took, and he had a lot to do with my choice to pursue ministry. He was arguably one of the finest theologians of his generation, and yet he loved nothing more than teaching undergraduates and helping them grow. He had a tremendous gift for explaining difficult intellectual ideas in ways that were easy to grasp. You often knew he was the smartest person in the room because he did not need to impress anyone with his credentials or his graduate school vocabulary, the kinds of things that some people use to make others feel smaller. In his early 60s, with no prior warning, Bill died of a massive heart attack. No one could ever take his place in my life. I felt a tremendous resource in my faith and in my life and in my teaching ministry suddenly snatched away. Casey Tomey was another mentor of mine. He was the pastor in the first church I served as an intern in ministry. He too was a brilliant teacher. There's a story I love to tell about him. When Casey retired from parish ministry, he was invited to teach practical ministry courses at one of our seminaries. His curriculum for teaching weddings and funerals was especially smart, he used case studies. At the beginning of the term, every student was assigned a wedding couple with information about their relationship and their family challenges and their faith background, and each student was assigned a time at the semester at which they would report on their plan for premarital counseling and preach a sermon to the class for the wedding. The remarkable part of the class was that Casey taught funerals the same way, except that there was no posted schedule. For funerals, you got your case study three days before you were due to present it by a phone call at any time of day or night, and it did not matter what else you might have had planned that week. It was brilliant, of course, because if you were going to go into ministry, that is the way funerals work. Casey retired in plenty of time, hoping to teach and travel and enjoy his family and his many close friendships, and then cancer struck and took him away from all of us. It was too early, too soon for him and for all of us who looked up to him, and I wondered, as so many did, what was I going to do without this great teacher? As much as we may want to hold on to someone forever, doing so is out of our control. That is a true statement, no matter who we are talking about a parent, a spouse, a friend, God forbid, a child. With mentors, the loss has a particular kind of quality. With mentors, we have to learn to live without their guidance. We have to learn to accept that whatever they had a chance to teach us will have to be enough. And we will need to go along without them and figure it out. Today we read the story of Elijah and Elisha, a mentor and a student. Elijah was perhaps the greatest prophet in the history of Israel. He was a thorn in the side of the most corrupt kings in Israel, and he was the true north, heeded by all of the good kings. He was a person of unmatched courage. He put the common good of the people and the faithfulness of the nation ahead of his own comfort and safety. He did that again and again and again. We remember him in in biblical tradition in the Old Testament as this one who does not die, but who ascends to heaven riding a chariot of fire into the sky. In the New Testament, he returns. He appears with Moses at the feet of Jesus in the scene called the Transfiguration. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. These are the chief mentors of our faith. Elijah was Elisha's mentor, his teacher. And this is the story in which Elisha must say goodbye for good. Elisha finds out that God is about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. This is the terminal diagnosis. Elijah must say to his students, Our days together are few. The time is short Elijah gives his students three opportunities to say goodbye and to let him go. Elisha does not want to let him go. Three times he swears an oath, I will not leave you, I will be at your side until the end. Elijah asks his student, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken away from you. And Elijah asks, Elisha asks Elijah to leave him with a double share of his spirit. Apparently, Elisha does not feel up to the task of going on without his teacher. He has no idea what he will do without Elijah. Here I see Elisha thinking thoughts that occur to many of us. He can only think about the things that he is not. I am not Elijah. I am not a great prophet. He is so focused on the things that he is not that he might as well be naming anything. I am not a leader. I am not Moses. I am not a good swimmer or a fast runner. I don't excel at math. I am not a snake with its slyness or a bear with its strength. I am not a cat with its balance or an eagle with its wings. Some of these things I'm saying may sound like silly examples, but they're emblematic of the thoughts so many of us have about our own inadequacy. I am not pretty enough, or thin enough, or smart enough to do that. I am not funny enough, or likable enough, I am not good with words. I do not express my feelings well. I am not good enough. I've made mistakes that I can never overcome. These are the thoughts of inadequacy that haunt us and that keep us stuck in our past, that keep us unable to realize our dreams. At its best, what good mentoring does is to help us to lay aside the things that we are not and instead remember the things that we are, the things God created us to be. The story of Elisha and Elijah shows how this works out. You cannot hold on to your old mentor forever. You cannot remain trapped by your inadequacies if you want to live into the future. So Elisha tries so hard to cling to his master, he keeps refusing to go, but he cannot resist the departure. He cannot do anything when a pillar of fire appears and finally separates the two of them and carries Elijah away. Elijah's grief is real. It's palpable. He shouts into the roaring wind as Elijah disappears into the sky. But Elisha does not turn back. As Elijah had instructed him, he keeps looking forward. And so God grants him what he had asked for, that double share of spirit that he had so desired. He found, finds that it was in him all along. Elisha will figure out how to move ahead without his mentor. He will learn how to live with his fears and leave behind his inadequacies, for God does not care about those things that hold us back. What God is most eagerly awaiting is for each one of us to see that we have been created with our own unique set of gifts so that those gifts can be set free to do God's work in the world. This is a story of a miracle we are reading and all this talk of chariots of fire of life and of death it all may sound rather dramatic but the fact is this is also a story of mentoring that's what it's meant to teach us and the work of mentoring is usually much more ordinary than the fantastic elements of this story and our own stories may be just as powerful You may know that Knox Presbyterian Church has a mentoring program. We share it with elders at Third Presbyterian Church. Adults from both of our congregations mentor young people in the community. I want you to take a look at something with me this morning. This is a report card. It's a report card of one of the students who became involved in the mentoring program this year. All the personal information has been removed, of course. What I want you to notice if you can see the detail is this. The difference in one school year between the first quarter of mostly D's and F's and the third quarter of all A's and B's. The thing to notice here is not about the grades and it's not about the quick turnaround though both of these details point to a more important reality. The more important reality is this. There is nothing inadequate about the young person who is responsible for this report card. And there never was. If he did not have the intelligence, the tools, the gifts for this kind of transformation, it would be impossible. What you see here is simply the result of a caring, supportive adult reminding a young person, you can do it. I believe in you. God has already given you what you need. No matter what anyone else says, no matter what your report card has said in the past, you are not inadequate. So many of us can be this kind of difference in the life of one of God's children. So many of us need to tell this message to someone else so that we can be reminded of its value for ourselves. If you're interested in learning more about our mentoring program, you can contact Knox anytime to learn more. In this story about our mentoring program, in this story about Elijah and Elisha, and in the other stories I've shared with you about what it means to say goodbye to a mentor, we see a common thread. We all need people in our lives to teach and encourage us forward. And also, when that work of mentoring is done best, It allows us to claim our own giftedness and to grow into the person that God has already created us to be. If you have spent any part of your life benefiting from a mentor or being one to someone else, I pray that today's message has been an occasion for you to give thanks for that relationship. Perhaps it's also been a time to consider the good that each one of us can do. Even right now, even at a distance, by reaching out to someone else to remind them that they matter, that the gifts that they have matter, that God has created them to be an amazing person and that you believe in them. This is the work of faithful friendship that God calls us to do. Amen.